podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the India Against England daily podcast. We're coming to the end of this series, but we've seen a terrific game today. High scoring ODI in which England have got across the line reasonably comfortably in the end to level the series at one apiece. I'm joined to talk about that and all the other things associated by Daniel Kelly and Nakul Pandey. And Nakul, um, first point before we get into the actual uh, performances today, one thing that struck me really was the two approaches. India's far more conservative approach early on in their innings than they look to explode later on. That's obviously got its drawbacks at times. England are very much foot down all the way through, but two very good white ball sides, but take the 50 over format in very different ways, don't they? Yeah, and this is something that India have been doing for a while. They've sort of looked to be you know, 45 for none at the end of the power play. Certainly with uh, with Rose Sharma and Shikhar Dhawan, usually Shikhar Dhawan, or certainly until the last couple of years, Shikhar Dhawan has been the more aggressive one and Rose Sharma has looked to back deep and accelerate and accelerate. Uh, Shikhar Dhawan is not quite at the level that he, is not quite at the level that we saw in the last IPL, for example. Rose actually, I think he was going at nearly a runner ball and he might have actually been going at a runner ball when he, yeah. uh, when he got out today. So, and, and he's obviously that, that level, that level above. And then, you know, Coley is Coley. You know, he was batting you know, very nicely without really ever getting much beyond sort of third gear. If he does, you know, we you know we can accelerate through the innings. He, you know, again, he's he's sort of turned into late period Joe Root in terms of being hyper consistent but not quite being able to get that hundred. Now I think forty three innings for that international hundred. High, high price compared to Rooty. <laughs> well, yeah, um, but in terms of that, um, you know, very consistent but not quite converting. I mean, there's there's a slight. For a while, it looked as though hundreds were an emergent property of Virat Kohli batting. Is not quite. I think he's proving it's not quite that easy even for him. Oh, the 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 tick tick boom worked. You know, Rishabh Pant came in and did what Rishabh Pant does. It's amazing to think he only played two of India's white ball games uh, out of two out of twenty in uh, in two in two thousand and twenty. Uh, and then and then Hardik Pandya with KL Rahul. You look at the strike rate, and maybe if we're being hyper churlish, saying you know he didn't accelerate quick enough, but you know he got out trying to hit a six. Uh, and he accelerated through the through the course of the innings. I do understand when you look at when you look at Roy and Bairstow and you look at that uh, change of approach that you might that it's tempting to say that you know India left a few out there and whatnot. But I don't think you can be too critical at scoring three hundred and thirty six. No, the, the danger um, done strikes me is that India's approach they. Yeah, that cautious approach towards the start and then that explosion towards the end is if they, they light the firework and realise it doesn't go off and pant and hard it get out cheaply and then they realise that they're going nowhere and you can end up falling short, can't you? At least with England, the way they go with it by being foot down and foot to the floor right from the start, you're going to get, unless something goes horribly wrong, you're going to get a, a, a score on the board at some stage, whereas India could run out of steam if, if it goes wrong for them late on. Yeah, well, both approaches have their, um, the pros and cons, definitely. I think it always strikes me with the more conservative approach that India 
take. If everything goes to plan for India and they have a perfect innings, they're probably only going to look at maybe 350, 360. They're never going to push on towards 380, 400, very rarely anyway. And against, well, I was going to say other teams, but mainly probably against England, you, you know, you're going to need that more often than not. But if England turn up like they did today, you know, there's, there's, there's no reason why they wouldn't have chased 380, 400 on that, as ridiculous as it sounds. What was it, 337 and they still had 6.2 overs remaining. I think if, if India would have taken that approach today and, and gone for full Roy and Bairstow I think um, they, they still would have come up short because nobody is as good in the business as, as England are at it but then you've got the drawback England batting first you, you've, it's happened a few times since the, the 2015 rebirth for England that we've had some pretty shocking performances batting first I can think of I mean against Australia they were in massive trouble I think they've been I think a couple of times against Australia they've been in big trouble losing wickets up front but I think for the amount of times that that will happen in over over the course of a period of time the, the approach is definitely definitely one worth taking and I think it's it's something that India aren't going to um, necessarily take on board and, and I'm not saying that that's a you know I'm not saying that's incorrect um, India win games plenty of games playing the way that they play but it's just been fascinating to see how two different approaches are, are playing off against each other it's England are almost like watching Newcastle under Kevin Keegan, aren't they? If you score three, we'll score four kind of thing. I mean, obviously, they're a little bit more consistent maybe than uh, that Newcastle United side because they go on and win win the trophies. But it is that kind of attitude, isn't it, that we're just going to hit more than you do? Can't wait for Ravi Shastri to go, uh, you know, I'd love it if we beat them. That'll be his next press conference. <laughs> <laughs> Completely imagine Virat Kohli kicking a boundary board after getting out for 150. <laughs> You've already kept Bayer style. There's a, there's a blast from the past. and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger. To be honest, this this Roy and Bairstow remind me very much of how Hayden and Gilchrist changed the game for Australia when they came together in white ball cricket. And, and that whole, I remember what the 2003 World Cup final where it just, uh, that whole 2003 World Cup, in fact, where it just kept on coming. You know, you know, if they get out, it's, da- it's Ricky Ponting. They get out, it's Damian Martin and so on and so forth and it just, there's just it just never ends you know Dan, Daniel talked about the couple of collapses maybe you know there's one against Australia in a bilateral series there's one against Australia in the World Cup there's one against South Africa on a really gloomy day at Lords but they, you know that's three in five years uh, or whatever it is um, well, you, you mentioned the, in the best O'Roy partnership you saw me tweeting about that earlier after uh, that was broken on 110 today but their partnership stands testament with anybody else in, in terms of established opening partnerships their average of 61 point six as an opening pair is higher than anybody any of the other pairs above them they've played less games than anybody else above them and if they stay together in this next World Cup cycle and there's no reason at the moment to think that England would want to split up Bairstow and Roy then they will add to their current 2,649 runs and be right up there in the top five opening partnerships of all time you know you look at the very top Ganguly and Tendulkar are the most successful in terms of run getting they scored 6,609 together but they played together 136 times to do that. Bairstow and Roy have only played 41 games together and they're on 2,649. 
take the progression all the way through up to maybe 100 partnerships together. They're going to be right up there in, in amongst the Gangulis and Tendulkas, the Greenwiches and Haynes, the Kilgris and, and Haydens, right up there with the very best opening partnerships of all time, aren't they? Yeah, Tendulkar and Sawaga and Rohit and Shikhar Dhawan, um, you, you, you'd have to say. They, and they've done that, scoring at seven and over, just under one in three partnerships reaches 100. It, it's phenomenal. I don't know many other sides currently or ever that can replicate it. The one thing, I don't know if we want to do casting ahead to the third ODI in the decider yet, but I mean, there is a way that India could could shuffle things around to not match that, but uh, but to be a little bit more aggressive throughout. But I think we might come on to that later if we're, if we're you know, we probably should wrap up this game before we look up ahead, look ahead to the next one. <laughs> well, you mentioned K.O. Rahul earlier, Knuckle, and I got the feeling today that, I mean, it was a struggle for him early on. He still doesn't look in complete fluent form, but he really dug in. And I said on commentary that, you know, you don't score runs in the dugout kind of thing, the cliche. If he stays there for another half an hour or so, then you may see him blossom a little bit. And we did see that. And he went on to score a century as well. And you get the feeling that maybe sort of for the greater good kind of thing, that Virat Kohli would look at that and think, well, getting him a century is maybe worth him maybe not scoring as quickly as we would want him today, because getting him back into form and getting him firing again is important for India. His innings in the first ODI was very was very yeah. nice and very important as well. The, the 62 and accelerating throughout the innings, um, was 62 or 43 balls in the end. And, and in one day international cricket since the World Cup, he's been excellent in that middle order kind of split between middle order and opening but mostly in the middle order he's been very good you know the, the T20 series where he was poor um, at times abject was was a worry but it was uh, but he has been in very good form in one day international cricket uh, in a, doing this different variety of roles and it was a different innings to how he, we've seen him play in the IPL where he goes very hard in the power play and then slows down it was it was kind of the other way on really as it was uh, on Tuesday and he ended up at a strike rate of just short of a runner ball which you know maybe in the context of the game is a little bit well it was made to look slow it didn't seem slow at the time but it was made to look slow later but I think as Daniel alluded to you know that, that from Bairstow and Stokes in particular would have made anyone look slow Stokes was just different level today I thought from Stokes it was quite good Dan he's not had the best of series down in, in India has he he's with the bat particularly obviously struggled in the test matches as all of the England team did do but in the one day games hasn't really been as explosive as, as we sometimes expect him to be and it seemed he came out with a different mentality today seemed right from the off to be a little bit more positive to try and get out the Indian bowlers and it came off and it? it was a, a glorious 99 it really was I, I don't like saying players deserve the 100 because if they deserve the 100 they you know would, would get one but um, if ever that applied he, he did deserve 100 today that one run there's, there's two times one run is crucial getting off the mark is all batsmen want to get off the mark but that one run from 99 to 100 it's just a ridiculous yeah that one run counts for more doesn't it sometimes compare it to to golf you know you see the year Bryson DeChambeau's hit a drive for 400 yards he has to finish off the hole with a six inch put they both count the same on the uh, on the scorecard they're so so different aren't they and there's the one run between 99 and 100 Ben Stokes will be wishing he could have just got that one more today very true I don't I don't actually think that Ben Stokes is the sort of person that um, would mind too much about that I think in the moment he'll you know obviously he'll be very frustrated because he was frustrated walking off but I think you know any any batsman if you offered him 99 at the start of, of his you know before his first ball they would take it but he, he said but, recently that he wants to he wanted to play all three ODIs because he felt himself that he wasn't necessarily batting particularly well and he wanted to try and find some kind of form before the IPL well if he plays like that through the IPL he's going to be a joy to watch isn't he he was absolutely magnificent to watch today I feel like when he got to 50 you know he was just very much in the zone a switch was flicked and he just looked destructive every ball was traveling the distance he scored 49 off 11 balls before he got out off the 12th and that's ridiculous that is yeah I was going to say his second half of his innings was just monstrous wasn't it every ball seemed to disappear for 
six. I mean, sticking with you and sticking with the IPL form, Dan, you're obviously our Delhi Capitals fan badger on the IPL podcasts. And bad news, Shreyas Iyer going to be missing the tournament as the captain of the of Delhi. Good news is that Rishabh Pant looks in far better form than he did last year. So it's kind of swings and roundabouts a little bit. They're going to miss the skipper, but Rishabh's just been incredible. Yeah, I think the growth that Rishabh Pant has shown over the last three, four months has been invaluable. And I think Delhi will really reap the benefits of that this year. He strikes me as someone who in, enjoys responsibility as well. I think he's uh, developed into almost becoming sort of, um, he, he's got a presence of a leader on the pitch, I think now. Um, and I think people look up to him um, and he'll be absolutely raring to go for the Capitals after last year where he was pretty disappointing. I think Shreyas will be a, a big loss. Yeah, plenty of experience in that Delhi team though, aren't they? To kind of maybe just step, step in tactically. You could have Ravi Ashwin, you could have a, a number of Rahani in there. You could have a number that could actually take over the captains. He's Steve Smith coming in as well, isn't he? Whether they'd want to give it to an overseas player, I'm not sure. But definitely Delhi can cope from the captaincy side of things. But it's just uh, they're going to miss Reyes's runs, aren't they? It's that Badger style. Thank you very much indeed to Black Rat Cricket for their support of these podcasts. And they've joined forces with the Badger. It's the Rat and the Badger giving you a fantastic opportunity to win a classic bat. That bat could be yours. It's between 2.09 to 2.11 pounds. Butterfly, willow, handmade, UK made, and it'll come to your door, knocked in and ready to go for the season ahead. If you want to win that cricket bat and score some runs with Black Rat Cricket this summer, we need you to do three things. You need to be following the at cricket underscore badger Twitter feed. You need to be following at Black Rat Cricket on Twitter too. And then you need to email the answer of this question to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Which player scored a double century in the first test match of the current India versus England series? Which player scored a double century for England in the current India versus England test match series? Send that answer and your name and address to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Don't forget, you need to be following at cricket underscore badger and at black rat cricket on Twitter. Good luck, everybody. That bat could be yours. The draw will be made after the final one day game in this current India versus England series. Elvis Presley once said, we're caught in a trap. We can't get out, but we might be able to soon. Hopefully COVID-19 will be behind us and we can get back on the cricket pitch this summer. And you need to make it count. BlackRatCricket.com They have an original range, a rodent range, a little rat range. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count. BlackRatCricket.com Join the infestation. Nakul, looking at Johnny Bairstow, I've seen him in the press talking about how he wants to be number three in the test team, how he wants to cement that place at number four in the T20 side, just purely as an ODI player. You look at his stats and stats don't tell you everything, but I think in this case they do. It's the one format with England that he is completely cracked, isn't it? You know, he's, he's averaging around about 50. We talk about his partnership with Jason Roy, but in terms of being dominant on the world stage consistently, that's where Johnny Bairstow shines. I think he's 
probably nailed that number four position in the one day internet in the t20 squad which is not an easy place to bat i mean the i mean a lot of analysts will say that number four is actually the hardest position to bat in the t20 lineup but yeah he, he's up there with the very best in the world i mean if you put the world 11 over the last few years it's best and Rohit Sharma opening the batting together in in one day international cricket since the start of 2019 averages and this was just reaching its hundreds it'll be up a little bit averages over 50 scores at 6.28 and over 507 50s in 28 innings only two batters with a thousand plus runs have scored faster uh, in that time since the start of 2019 who are Jason Roy and Owen Morgan so it's working out well for, for England um, really and he is dominant and you can see the fear that he that he creates and the, the almost the desperation to get him out uh, early in early in the innings and if, he, if you don't get him out early in the innings he can he can punish you I mean the you know he scored a better than runnable 100 today and he wasn't actually at his destructive best which we saw the other the other day and was basically batting uh, playing second fiddle to Stokes my favourite stat about that Stokes innings is that at 30 over England were just over half a run and over behind the required run rate. 32 balls later, they were four and a half runs <laughs> and over ahead of it. Yeah. It's absolutely astonishing stuff from Stokes taking down Krunal Pandya and taking down Kuldeep Yadav. Uh, Johnny Bairstow is an absolute gun in one day international cricket and as, as you say as he pushes through the rest of his career you know we could end up looking at an all-time great uh, if I think of a sort of all-time ODI World 11 I have Rohit Sharma and Sachin Tendulkar at the top of the order and he's going some to, to match those two but the fact that he can be credibly mentioned in that conversation casting ahead is is pretty special I've said this a lot on my commentary but I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast before but obviously when I was working at Yorkshire I was, I was quite close to Johnny Bairstow and the team and um, Ian Juice and Kevin Sharp, who were in charge of the T20 side and getting them ready um, in the in the nets at the time, he started wearing helmets in the nets when they were feeding the bowling machine to Johnny Bairstow because he was hitting the ball back so hard at them they feared for their own safety. And that was when he was quite a young pup and he hits the ball very very cleanly when he gets going and he's on song. That's a very big bat that he swings very very fast indeed. Let's um, look at some of the negatives from today. Obviously, it's a high-scoring game, so the bowling figures are going to look a little bit dodgy. Some of the Indians went around the park as well. Ben Stokes obviously damaged their figures rather dramatically towards the end of his innings as well. But looking at England, I mean, obviously, these are two sides that aren't totally at full strength. India are missing some. England have missed some, lost some during the series, but also missing a few players as well, with Joffre Archer and Chris Wokes and Joe Root not being part of the team but you look at the bowling figures for England today I thought Reese Topley did himself no harm at all I thought he was pretty impressive with his two for 50 but the Curran brothers Tom two for 83 from his 10 Sam Curran was expensive towards the end and Ben Stokes didn't have his best day with the ball either there was some expensive figures there Dan and I know at halfway looking at Twitter people were despairing of England it's a disgrace England are rubbish I've lost faith in this team obviously you scroll on to the end of the match and you should always do that it's a different kind of attitude on Twitter at the moment but the bowling wasn't particularly good was it? No it wasn't I think it's been a, a consistent theme throughout the period of England's regrowth since 2015 the weakness of, has always been in the bowling and I think the, the proof is in the pudding that we, we get so used to England chasing down these big scores um, and to be able to chase down the big scores the bowlers must you know they've, they've gone the distance to enable that to be possible it's, it's kind of not a problem at the minute because England are, you know will score one more than whatever you score, um, no matter how many you get. Yeah, I think, I think particularly Tom Curran. I think his, I think he needs a break from the international scene. Definitely, I think he, the, you know, the mystery bowlers do kind of have a, a shelf life, and I think Tom's is is coming to the 
coming to the end. He needs to work on a few things back at Surrey and around the world in some T20 cricket to try and push his way back in. But Sam as well, Sam has got that the problem that he had in you know in the T20 side. He's kind of got that in the ODIs as well. And I I would definitely be pushing for David Willey's inclusion um, ahead of Sam Curran at the minute. I think he offers more with the bat, swings the ball up front, never really lets England down. Sometimes you know questions that Willie gets goes the distance in the middle overs and he's not very good at the end but I think yeah I just think Sam and Tom are sort of currently playing themselves into into a real problem and I think I, I think Owen Morgan knows that as well I think it's you know it's, it's the one area that you'd say is is a, a weakness at the minute in England's white ball setup is that and sort of two slots in the middle there um, and I think when we get back to in in the summer if we have a little bit more freedom and, and bubbles aren't as um, strict I think that's a bit of a, a distant wish but um, yeah when we have more players to choose from in the summer with more cricket to base it on um, I think Willie and Wokes would be kind of first picks ahead of them two at the minute in the in the ODI setup. What are we seeing at the moment, Knuckle? Um, to me, it kind of just underlines how important Liam Plunkett was for that World Cup winning side because he'd come on in those middle overs, well, reasonably economically, take wickets as well. And they're missing somebody like that at the moment, aren't they? Not an easy thing to do, uh, but Plunkett and Rashid were superb in the middle overs for England through the 2015 to 2019 cycle. See, Rashid can bowl pretty much anywhere anywhere now and England are trying to be a little bit more flexible with him to cover for areas elsewhere. We've seen him bowl more at the death. We've seen him start to bowl a little bit. I haven't actually seen him bowl in the power playing ODIs yet which I wonder might that be a development at some point um, that, that we see maybe not in this series but but further ahead uh, on Dan's point by the way I think uh, Morgan has already resigned himself to not having uh, his full strength team basically none of the test players being available for, for this summer so that would probably take out certainly works an archer and possibly would as well um, so there's a chance but I thought for, for the guys like Reese Topley uh, I think there's, there's there's something to work with is Sam Curran kind of doing that David Willey role mostly in the power play uh, and a bit in the middle as well I thought it was weird that neither he nor Topley bowled out today because I thought there was something there. Uh, Topley was very impressive today, topping, topping and tailing the, the innings. I think he is someone who could be used in the middle overs if you have Wokes, Wood and Archer available. Yeah. You, you could see Topley bowling uh, bowling some cross-seamers, um, hitting those hard lengths, the occasional Yorker. He's an awkward guy to get away. Six foot seven, that left arm angle, that quick arm. He's at that tiny little bit quicker than he was pre-injuries. I mean, you know, there's that incredible piece that in uh, that incredible crick buzz piece that I urge people to dig out uh, kind of following Reese Topley through a you know a year in the life of his of his run of injuries incredible stuff that that he's come through so it, it is a difficult thing to, to replicate in England we're going to need to find that maybe if you're being hypercritical they got rid of Plunkett a year or two too early but Plunkett wasn't going to make the 2023 World Cup and they had to find someone who can who can do that job not for England anyway <laughs> well quite yeah um, although good luck qualifying for the 2023 World Cup if you're Australia given that it's another te- oh sorry Australia um, that would be wishful thinking America America rather if you're uh, if you're uh, if it's a 10 team World Cup I'm not actually sure the USA are in the World Cup Super League I and mean, just have a have a look at that while I while I talk but but yeah it is an issue um, obviously you alluded to it James Wokeswood and Archer on the England side and then Bumrah Jadeja uh, and maybe Shummy uh, although I think Booby's probably ahead of Shummy on the Indian side so these are two teams who are looking for that depth to step up and in some cases they have Topley 
Prasid Krishna, uh, they've they've stepped up. Shadur Thakur, to to a lesser extent, in some cases they haven't, uh, and that's going to happen when you've got high class high class batting lineups. I would think that the Tom Curran Tom Curran's run in the team has come to an end now. I'd think I'd agree with Dan on that. Um, I think Sam Curran has shown a little bit that he can be useful playing a role in a in a team. But yeah, there is a little bit of um of a concern there about about Tom Curran. I thought Marinelli was good uh, today. India maybe let him bowl a little bit, but still. I was, was going to say that. Actually. I thought both with Rash and with Moen, India didn't really show enough intent about them. We saw how England took down some of the Indian spinners. They India never really tried to. They just knocked it up to long on, took sort of five or six and over, and were quite happy with that, weren't they? Different phases of the innings, different, you know, it's different chasing. Moen was bowling a little bit flatter. He bowls considerably quicker than Kuldeep, and it's not so easy necessarily to come down the track. And both KL Rahul and, and Andrew Kohli are, are they they hit spinners in in other places than than hitting straight back over the bowler's head in in general. So it, those are different circumstances. But you know we, maybe just through a little bit more urgency, you could have seen Moen Ali going at six and over rather than four point seven and over. But still, he bowled well. Uh, I think other Rashid bowled tidily uh, again. You know got that wicket of, of Virat Kohli had that drop of um, where Butler sort of pressed the catch button too early. Uh, I'm not quite sure what happened there. It was a bit of an odd one. So the spin department will kind of take care of itself with with those two for a little while. But there are. There are these ex- these extra bits of depth outside of the first eleven that, that both England and India are trying to find, and will need to find going ahead through this uh, this World Cup cycle. You mentioned um, Prashid Krishna. I mean, I think I've been quite impressed with him. He's gone for a few at times, but he seems to have a bit about him. He bounces back, doesn't he? And I thought he bowled very well three days ago. I thought he came back and bowled very nicely today. He took a couple of quick wickets and you never know on another day that could make a difference. And India are actually um, spoiled for choice a little bit. They've got all of these kind of peripheral players that have come in during this tour and, and during the Australians. I mean, we talked about that on the podcast the other day, but Prashid's come in and he's done himself no harm, has he? No, he's I mean, he's probably not in the conversation for first choice 11 but he's in the sort of fringe of the squad um, areas alongside Shadul Thakur probably behind Bhuvi and Bumrah and Mohamed Shami uh, uh, and there's, there's, a long, there's a long list in this um, Indian seam department sure, now isn't there sure Natharajan perhaps he's played one ODI I think and Natharajan so there's a, there's a possibility there yeah Prashid Krishna has been the best bowler in the Vijay Hazade trophy which is the Indian state list A competition the equivalent of the Royal London one day cup for several of the last sort of three or four years um, it's been a been a consistent wicket taker for for his for his team uh, for Karnataka, I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, for Karnataka, yeah, and he's he's been very good for them. If if you only know him in the IPL for KKR, where he's a bit of a bit part, and you know will be effective some games and not some others. You know, I think he he's demonstrated excellence consistently in 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 list A cricket. And what we're seeing again is that India's pathways below the international level, the IPL, the A team structure, the strength of domestic cricket, that whole strung together pathway from the under 19s through the professional domestic cricket through to the A team level through to this they have this India ABC tournament the Dhirdar Trophy where you get the sort of possibles and probables and, and so forth against each other works as well so that whole pathway works very well so that it means that players coming in are very well prepared and that, that learning curve isn't quite so steep um, and, and we're seeing it with these with these performances it's almost like they're not making their debuts in the same sense as some other teams kind of just throwing throwing inexperienced players in and, and that's a question of structure we, we talked about it before before, but it's, it's just worth mentioning again that the likes of Afghanistan and Ireland and some of these other countries are just trying to find players, aren't they? And trying to get enough to, to create a squad. With India, the task is the other thing, really, isn't it? It's uh, trying to prune down um, probably a, a few hundred players and certainly uh, 50 or 60 that are capable and trying to prune them down into an 11 that you can field on a regular basis. It's, uh, quite a, it's a totally different logistical task. 
You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. Dan, let's move on to, to Liam Livingston, who I was really pleased to see get his opportunity today. He's been in and around the setup for some time and he gets his ODI debut today. For some time, it looked like he might actually not be required to bat, but I saw his two T20 internationals, um, which were back in, when did he play? He played back in 2017. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he looked a little bit like rabbit in the headlights, I thought, in, in that series. Obviously, slightly different kind of situation today with no crowd in there. And sometimes it's easier to make your debuts overseas where you're not, you don't feel like you're under the scrutiny even though you are you probably feel a little bit more removed I thought he came in today and did himself no harm he did slightly it was a bit of a squeaky bum kind of period for England they'd lost Bairstow they'd lost Stokes and they'd lost Butler cheaply yeah it never looked like England were going to lose I don't think by the time they got to that stage but Liam Livingston came out hit some quick runs and just kind of took any nerves away didn't he he came in with such a, a cool demeanor he looked like he'd done it a hundred times before, let alone his um, first ODI. Yeah, that was really promising, actually. I think, as as was being discussed before, that number six role in England's white ball setup, particularly T20s, anyway, um, is is up for grabs. And I think Livingston has put a, a you know a, a decent sized market down there. Really, I think, yeah, the way he carried himself was was really really promising. And I know Morgan liked guys to come in and back themselves, and that is exactly what Liam Livingston did. And the the first six he hit, where he walked down the wicket and flamingo it straight over long on was a, a really 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 good shot I like the but way yeah, he kept he, his shape there he, well, he didn't try to over hit that either he just made sure he got bat on ball and just played through the line it was a, it was a nice execution very classy shot yeah very classy innings as well um, and the pull he hit the next ball as well pinged off the bat was 20 rows back he'll have a couple of bruises tonight he wore a couple as well but um, nothing wrong with that um, but yeah I think it was really really promising as well and I'm surprised there was a point where I know Bumble mentioned it on comms as well where he could have seen him turn his arm over as well for a little bit of uh, variation as India was starting to get away towards the end sort of about the 38th over I think Bumble mentioned it and that would have been a good chance to see what he was made of there yeah really really good signs he looked more comfortable dare I say it I knocked David Milan quite a bit um, but he did look more comfortable than David Milan by quite a distance I think I am I think Liam Livingston of the of the people that are in and around that T20 squad that could maybe force themselves even into the 11 if uh, with a fair wind behind them Liam Livingston and Reese Topley are the two that stand out from the last few weeks for me in terms of uh, certainly building on their credentials there's a few of the Currens included that have fallen maybe back down a little bit in the pecking order as a result of their performances and all to play for with the uh, summer ahead and the T20 World Cup coming up in the autumn. Let's look ahead. Knuckles wish from earlier on in the podcast, look ahead to the third game. And I think it, I, I tweeted earlier, I think it's only fitting really that we've got the two best teams, I think, in the world at the moment, maybe slightly reduced in terms of personnel, but still very much two of the, the, the two best teams in world white ball cricket at the moment. Um, fitting knuckle that we go to a third game and it still has something riding on it. Obviously, England's win today means that they're going to keep the number one ranking going further forward. But it's just nice to finish this series with a game that actually has something riding on it. Yeah, indeed. And it's 10 extra Super League points. Not that England should be struggling for qualification. And it doesn't matter for India because they qualify automatically as, as hosts for the next World Cup. But yeah, we've got another decider. We had a decider in the in the T20 series. I said before the start of the series, I thought they'd be, you know, one game in it. And you know, again, I get to commentate on a decider on, on, on Sunday on Gorilla Cricket, which is excellent. Uh, excellent news. Yeah, these are, two, these are two teams that are... I mean, it's hard to tell actually how well matched they are, considering neither has been quite at full strength, uh, certainly in the ODI series and in the T20 series to a... Actually, no, India weren't at full strength in the T20 series. So, but yeah, these are two superb teams, two teams who plan really well, whose structures are really good and who have high-class personnel and, and systems that allow them to function 
properly and actually take white ball cricket properly seriously and, and seem to know what they're doing and have two differing degrees kind of kept up with and led the modern game so it, it, it is great and it's going to be a fantastic game hopefully on on sunday i, I, I can't wait and I'm, I'm very delighted that we uh that we are seeing this series end uh hopefully with a bang not with a whimper yeah and uh, we'll be back after that one as well and we'll be back on um tomorrow as well we'll be back after the final in the evening for our kind of wrap party in terms of this series of the podcast the india against england daily podcasts at knuckle you were talking about some ingenious plan you had for india's top order so that they could uh, they could really rule the rooster in the third game well i don't know how ingenious it is but i like shikhar dhavan a lot and he's given a lot to indian cricket he and rohit sharma have been one of the best odi partnerships in the world but i would be tempted were i in the indian selectors shoes to open with kl rahul alongside rohit sharma um shikhar dhavan hasn't quite looked at his uh, his best uh, and then bring in Surya Kumar Yadav oh, you gotta, the, you gotta bring the I, I want to see Sky again before the IPL we've got to see Sky in that third game yeah for making his I think his ODI debut unbelievably uh, I think uh, Surya Kumar Yadav and so you bring in that either guys in form or or very powerful and, and high, high, heavy scorers uh, throughout the order Surya Kumar Yadav has had a ridiculous Vijay Hazare trophy for Mumbai he's, I think he's averaging over 100 and scoring at 9 and over or something ridiculous but there's a few, of the, a few of the Indians that are on the on the periphery I mean Privy Shaw's done the same he's, he's been scoring centuries left right and centre yeah that whole Mumbai team as well with, with Shreyas Iyer and even Aditya Thare who uh, fans of the IPL may remember for him coming in with six needed to win and hitting it for six for Mumbai Indians a few years ago yeah that, that Mumbai team is stacked and they won the Vijay Hazari trophy at a canter but Surya Kumar Yadav I think would be I think could justifiably say he was hard done by if he didn't get a game in this series I don't know whether it would be kinder to leave Kuldeep Yadav out or play him I thought that I quite liked that he got his last over after the those couple of wickets just to Virat Kohli saying right we still back you you can get hit around it's still it's still okay you're still our guy and you know it could have worked and it could have made things a little bit more interesting I genuinely haven't quite worked out whether it's kinder to leave him out or or not um, for for use vendor Chahel and there's, I guess the possibility that you bring in someone like Nathrajan uh, yeah. uh, in, in place of Shadur Thakur I, think, we, I of, think we'll see changes won't we because I think both sides will want to just find out something about the the guys that haven't had I mean Matt Parkinson Dan he's been sat there in the dugout I mean he was a reserve for, for much of the trip that he's he's had over there but it's, it's a funny one with Matt Parkinson because I'd love to see him get a game but it's almost giving him just the one game at the end of the tour it's the potential doesn't it if it goes a little bit wrong and India take a liking to him that he ends the full, when ends what hopefully has been a positive experience for him with a with a negative at the end it's, it's, it's got to be carefully planned that yeah definitely um, I don't think Parkinson will play purely because I think England will want to come out of the tour with something it's a big opportunity obviously to win the series on Sunday and I think to you know they definitely want to come home being victorious in that's going to be my next question to you about obviously losing the test series losing the T20Is in the end despite it being a close series um, it would be nice from an England fans perspective I, I guess to come out of the uh, the ODIs with at least something to bring home definitely yeah I do think I think England are, they they seem to be especially um, after the, the game the first ODI I thought they looked pretty desperate to come home to be honest and that's, that's probably true it's been quite a long arduous tour tours of India are you know are very testing anyway let alone with the, the current atmosphere and um, sorry the current environment and, and the bubbles and whatnot. but yeah I think on you know I think England do they're one good performance away from from winning a leg of it and losing the T20s on a, a straight shoot out in the decider so you know they one good day could have meant that they they won both the white ball tours legs sorry so I don't think it's been the worst tour for England I think they've learned quite a bit in terms of probably not how to fill holes but I think they've learned that they do have holes in the white ball setup and yeah but it'd be really nice for them to 
to finish it off on a high. I think 11 of the 17 aren't coming home. That's staying on for the IPL. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swapping Indian hotel rooms for other Indian hotel rooms, but in a different uh, tracksuit, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, at least they get to see other cities now because uh, no, actually, <laughs> yeah. no one will be playing at home, which would be quite interesting. I mean, Dan, I don't know what you think of this, but if Mark Wood's going to come back in, keep Topley in and, and leave out Tom Curran? Yeah, I thought Topley looked really good. I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't um, play Curran ahead of Topley after today's show, and I think Topley deserved that chance. Um, and I think that gives a better balance to England's attack as well. A bit of pace from Mark Wood through their middle overs today could have made a difference. Um, yeah, I'm compl- in complete agreement with that. But just, just back to Matt Parkinson, I think he's been incredibly hard done by, it's almost tempting to throw him in just as a thank you for bubbling up for so long without any sort of um, reward. You can't really do that, can you? You can't give a cap out just to say thank you for being in the hotel for a while. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and that is the problem they have, where, yeah. you know, it's harsh on the, on the lad, but he'll be learning, he'll still be, you know... Well, I'll tell you what, there's worse, thing, there's worse things to be, is being a bio-bubble with the England team, learning from good coaches, than being back in Lancashire in your one-bedroom flat or something and just experiencing lockdown that way. I think I know where I'd prefer to be if I'd been Matt Parkinson, and hopefully he's learnt a few things as he's gone through this winter and he'll be a better player for it. Tell you what, this, t- this series has really taught me, I'm massively looking forward to the IPL, massively looking forward to England against India next summer as well that's going to be an absolute corker of a series Dan and Knuckle as always thank you for joining me we'll be back again tomorrow and then we'll be back again for one final time in this series for the final wrap-up party for this entire tour then straight into the IPL daily podcast too so thank you for listening everybody thanks for joining me today I've been James the Cricket Budget and I'll see you again tomorrow Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.